You're listening to Tax Talk, a podcast series from the Irish Tax Institute, which explores current issues in the world of taxation. I'm your host, Samantha McCochran. In this episode, we'll be taking a more reflective look at last week's budget. We'll also be discussing the implications of the major changes in international tax for our economic and industrial policy and the strategic direction government should be taking to underpin the remarkable recovery that is now gathering pace. Joining me to discuss these topics and more are Karen Frawley, President of the Irish Tax Institute, Stephen Gann of ODG Advisory, and Austin Hughes, Chief Economist at KBC Bank. So Austin, last week's budget was generally seen to have been a bit underwhelming. It did highlight, however, the kind of extraordinary recovery we're seeing at the moment. What's your assessment of our economic prospects? Well, um, I'm going to ruin my standing with other economists by suggesting things are looking reasonably positive at the moment. Uh, I, I think, you know, when you say the budget was underwhelming, you have to put it in context. We've just had this extraordinary global crisis. Uh, and unlike the situation of 10 or 12 years ago, we're coming out of it in a reasonably healthy condition across the economy. We're not hearing that awful A word of austerity. We're not fearing where taxes may be increased. So all of those elements are very positive. Now, they are due to to positive policy. So I think that is the sort of framing for the budget. And it's obviously not just in Ireland. It's around the globe that policy has been much more sensible and supported activity, supported businesses and households. So that's a key element of it. Now, the recovery is very strong in Ireland at the moment in general, but it really depends what part of the economy you're in. Economists try and sum up things with one number, you know, whether it's GDP, which generally is expected to go up by about 15% this year, or domestic demand, maybe 6% this year, both of which are strong numbers. But if, if you work in pharma, you probably haven't noticed the crisis over the last year. It's been business, you know, really running along as normal. If you work in a pet shop, you probably have seen a boom through the pandemic. But if you work in a pub, it's still looking like a long road out of a very deep hole at the moment. So while things are good, it's still uneven across the economy and we will need further support going forward. Karen. There's been so much talk about our changing tax status globally. The 15% rate now a reality for us, uh, something we wouldn't have even imagined. Uh, It could happen so quickly in a way. It's been talked about for many, many years, but it's here now. Um, Were you surprised that there wasn't more of this mentioned in the budget, that this even a plan into the future of how we might tackle this, what we might do tax-wise to try and deal with this issue? Well, there's probably two points to make on on that. I I suppose a lot of the the fanfare around the introduction or potential introduction of the 15% rate was in the week previous to budget. So I think by the time budget came around, you know, the the Minister for Finance probably felt that it, it was done, obviously subject to the OECD, you know, doing further work on that area. The second part is... We still don't know a lot of the detail as to how that rate is going to operate. I mean, I I think the government certainly gave us some indication of the assurances they got from the EU around being able to maintain the 12.5% rate 
for Irish companies or companies with with the global turnover of less than 750 million um, and and some other assurances around potential changes to our regime like R&D tax credits. But, you know, in terms of how the 15% operates for global multinational uh, uh, companies, we really only have a blueprint at the moment of what that might look like with a lot of details to be ironed out and a lot of work to be done by the OECD. And what's really important for Ireland is not only how that OECD agreement pans out, but equally where the EU go if the OECD work stream doesn't, I suppose, come to fruition, or equally where the US go with their tax reform and how that interacts with the OECD work stream. So there's so many moving parts at this point, it's really hard to tell what the ultimate impact of the 15% rate will be. And Stephen, I know you work with a lot of SMEs. Um, for years and years, we've enjoyed great announcement from multinationals. FDI has been the complete star of our economy. But do you feel now is the time for SMEs to um, maybe see a, a greater sort of prominence in our debate about what we should be doing to support Irish business or sorry, any business, but, you know, Irish business in particular? Is this the time now to, to really step up to the plate and be showing the government showing how willing it is to support businesses here? Yeah, I, I think so, uh, Samantha. And, um, you know, one of the key things, I suppose, to, to, to get across in relation to SMEs is that there's such a breadth out there as well. You know, as Austin alluded to, uh, the pandemic would have affected um, many different business sectors, depending on who you are, a pet shop versus a hospitality uh, business, for example. And I think, you know, the two key kind of burning issues that are really out there for, for most SMEs is around funding and access to funding and talent and talent retention and you know in in terms of the the budget measures that were announced last week you know uh there's a couple of welcome measures in relation to uh improvements and amendments to the employment investment incentive scheme and access to funding the equity innovation fund um and it'll be interesting to see um when when the finance bill does come out uh, the details around those and you know how uh, that will actually impact in a positive way on, on the SME sector. And, you know, separately then, uh, you know, extending the employment wage subsidy scheme, for example, to the end of April was certainly a very welcome measure uh, introduced in the budget, particularly, again, for, for those businesses that are just starting to get back in their feet now, um, particularly in the hospitality space, uh, which, will, which will really need those supports to retain um, and, and attract back uh, some of those employees that were on the pandemic unemployment payment. And Austin, do you think it's going to be a challenge, that, that whole two-tier recovery story? Is that going to be a very difficult one for the government to navigate? Like, how do you, uh, you can't use a blunt instrument, and, 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 and how, do you, how do you target those businesses that are on, on the down and that may be facing a long road to recovery without kind of the economy overheating on, on a wider scale? It will be difficult, but I think that's one of the the important lessons coming out of the crisis. You know, what we've seen is that sectors are suffering, but the economy overall isn't broken. And critically, unlike the financial crisis, the tax system is still functioning really, really well. Um, you know, we saw warehousing of taxes, we saw very significant inflows, uh, you know, so tax revenues, I think, are up about 16% in the first month of the, or the first nine months of the year. So the, the tax system has worked fairly well, 
government supports have worked very well to keep you, you know the wolf literally from the door for many businesses so in that regard it's more of the same and i think that's one of the the critical issues really for the next while when economists talk about this they tend to look for one number or one word summaries of the economy and yes there are areas that are overheating but there are areas that are also frozen at the moment uh, and the, the the reality is the government can you know through various spending measures being much more calibrated perhaps in terms of the employee supports as it goes through 2022 and then thinking about what is tax policy supposed to do for the Irish economy and we have the commission coming up but a problem I've had with tax policy for for some significant time is for the last few years it's really been a case of we need to spend x now, let's look down the sofa and we can see where we can raise Y to offset it. So tax increases, tax changes have been largely done with a sense of getting the money in rather than seeing whether this is actually a good idea for the economy. And part of the element here is that actually that idea of looking down the sofa and coming up with budget day surprises. Remember, again, budget day in Ireland is a circus that's not really repeated in most advanced economies. People have a sense of stability about what's going to happen. But too often the minister has been inclined to play either Santa Claus or Scrooge. You know, for businesses, they need an element of stability. What will taxes look like over the next five years? What direction can I see? Are we going to see signs of a broadening of the tax base? You know, are we going to see particular supports aimed at, you know, underpinning entrepreneurship, underpinning a domestic economy, you know, where enterprises is appreciated. And it's going to be difficult because, remember, populist sort of pressures around the world are driving towards business bad, public spending good. So that makes it difficult to support enterprise. And capitalism has become a dirtier word over the last while. But I do think if you look through the elements, there is time and the critical element, we're doing it now against a background where, as I say, the tax system isn't broken. We're going to see tax revenues rise significantly over coming years. So that gives the opportunity to actually target the sectors that need it most. And Samantha, maybe I'm, I might pick up on, on that point, if you don't mind. I mean, you know, we've been fortunate enough over the last number of years that our tax receipts have been cushioned unexpectedly than higher than expected corporate tax receipts. And I think it's widely accepted that we can't guarantee that those unexpected receipts or the same, you know, scale of corporate tax revenue may be there in, in the future. So we're probably at a, a point where, a long-term tax strategy needs to be worked out, which is why I suppose the, the Commission on Taxation and Welfare is, is coming at an ideal time, because there's a, there's a couple of, of elements to that. Firstly, I suppose we need to look at our non-direct tax offering for, for FDI and the things that, that you know, will be looked to like talent, like you know, income tax rates, housing, infrastructure, education, and, and that's something that we'll need to do a lot over the next number of budgets in um, to, to really define and, and, and make our offering attractive. Then I suppose is, is the other point that Austin had, had you know, referenced 
is how do we make sure that our domestic economy is working and that we are encouraging entrepreneurs, that we are looking at the right incentives and, and reliefs within our tax system to encourage people to set up their own businesses, to be entrepreneurial and, and to invest in, in Irish domestic business. Yes, Stephen, one of the um, wish list regulars is a change to the CGT regime at the moment, and that's something that the Commission might look at. Is that something there's much of an appetite um, among your clients for? Uh, certainly. Nobody wants to pay tax at all, to be honest with you. But I, I do think I, I do think there is an appetite out there uh, among entrepreneurs uh, from a general perspective, in one in in respect of of, of the rate, um, given that it's thirty three percent absent any any reliefs that are available, um, and in relation to the reliefs that are available, uh, the view certainly there at the moment is that the caps are probably a little bit low. Now, of course, one has to uh, be cognizant of you know that there's only so much uh, to go around in terms of the the slice of the the budget cake, so to speak, and there is a general acceptance of that. But I think. The view from from SMEs and particularly entrepreneurs who are growing uh, businesses and, and taking those risks is that you know there needs to be some sort of reward for them maybe at the at the end of it for, for taking those risks and, and and creating employment and creating value for the for the economy. Um, so in in that context, there a, a reduction in the rate would, would certainly be welcome, or an improvement to the thresholds that are there with the current entrepreneurial leaf would, would, would certainly be welcome. Um, it had been mooted. Um, um, uh, a long time ago that they were going to be looked at and uh, you know uh, it, it hadn't come to fruition I, and I know in the Fianna Fáil um, manifesto as well they had looked at uh, a reduction potentially in the rate of capital gains tax and uh, you know that certainly is, is something that, that is always discussed about particularly around budget time as to whether or not the rate might reduce at this particular time. Look that also has to be weighted with, with where we're coming from, from a, a global pandemic. There will be obviously uh, a clamour from a government perspective to make sure that the, the tax system and the receipts that are coming in from that can support uh, the expected spending that, that's out there as well. And, you know, uh, I can imagine that with, with other priorities on the government agenda, such as housing and, and climate change, that, that big giveaways in terms of significant rate reductions probably aren't top priority that's there at the minute. But again, you know, uh, from, from an entrepreneurial point of view, um, any change to the regime around the entrepreneurial leaf itself or, or indeed to the rate would certainly be welcome for the SME sector. Karen, the gaming sector did get a bit of a boost in the budget. Uh, is that the kind of thing you'd like to see more of? And, and how much do you think this will mean for the gaming sector? So my understanding is while there is a, a niche gaming sector in Ireland, there there probably isn't, isn't let's say, a huge thriving economy in, in that area. But this incentive, I suppose, is aimed at encouraging um, gaming companies to, to set up in Ireland. Um, it does allow a, a specific um, credit um, for 32% of eligible expenditures for the design, production and, and testing of digital games, um, up to a maximum of, of 25 million per project. Now, it, it's you know probably more akin to the film relief that's there at the moment, where rather than just making your claim like the R&D tax credit, that you do need to apply for a certificate from the, the Minister of, of Arts and, and Culture. But I, I suppose it is quite targeted. 
there is potentially, you know, um, scope for there to be a lot of employment in, in that sector, which probably fits nicely with our education system. So we're really positive that the government are picking out niche areas where they see there potentially may be high growth to attract investment. And Austin, you mentioned there uh, how the tax backdrop might change over the next five years. There are some massive issues coming down the tracks. The biggest one being environmental sustainability, but there's other local or more local issues like um, our pension time bomb that's been, again, talked about for many years. But does that inevitably mean that people will have to see a change in their own take home pay? The tax will hit individuals in the pocket as well? Well, not necessarily in take-home pay. I think globally there is a sense in which you have specific issues like climate change, infrastructure generally, and in the case of Ireland, particular issues around housing and health, where you're going to see bigger government. You can either pay for that bigger government by you know having a stronger economy where there is a naturally larger growth dividend in terms of tax revenues, or we can penalize everyone a little bit more. And if we are going to penalize people a little bit more, there is also an issue around how that balance is spread. Because certainly it seems to me uh, that Ireland is overly dependent uh, on income tax revenues and particularly dependent on a very uh, well, people will call it progressive in terms of uh, income tax revenues that, that increase as people grow their incomes. But equally, you could argue that it, it penalizes employment, it penalizes people from working harder, from earning harder. And so I do think you're going to have to see major issues around a broadening uh, of the property tax, uh, I'm sorry, of um, the tax base, uh, and you can see the Freudian slip there uh, immediately. I think property taxes are going to be uh, one significant element of that. Carbon taxes, another. Uh, and unfortunately, in terms of capital gains, I don't see the, the general economic and political winds globally blowing towards uh, reducing that. I think there is a sense that capital has to pay a fair share and what is deemed fair but by public opinion at the moment is higher than is being paid at the moment. There's also an argument that maybe, you know, the way to incentivize enterprise enterprise is to try and have various reliefs like the gaming relief and that and encourage investment in areas rather than pay people for the reward of of closing down you, you know a business so there's a very nuanced discussion around that but in general i think we need to talk about broadening the tax base and certainly in terms of encouraging employment in the Irish economy, hitting people in the pay packet is going to be really, really damaging, particularly in circumstances where we want to attract higher earning people to work in multinational firms, given the move in corporation tax. So this is something we need to be really, really careful about how we broaden the tax base without killing sectors of the economy. It's great to be thinking about the future, given the last year and a half has been so extraordinary. Tax professionals were very taken up with a lot of the uh, supports, the uh, paperwork, the schemes. It was quite time consuming. It's great to be at a phase where we're thinking about tapering off some of those supports. But I do wonder, Stephen, are you finding some of your clients 
are fearful for the future. There was a lot of talk about a tsunami of insolvencies. That hasn't happened yet. Uh, EWSS has a few more months to go. Are you concerned that at some point a lot of smaller companies are going to feel the pain that they haven't maybe yet due to some of the supports out there? Yeah, I think I think that is a real concern for some. Um, again, when we talk about SMEs, there are some that are, are, are far stronger than others. But I, I do think for some of the uh, some of the businesses that haven't really had felt the full impact of, of Brexit yet, um, and that's only starting to come to the fore now as you know consumer spending gets back. I mean, we're seeing already uh, issues in in many types of supply chains, um, the motor industry. Uh, fashion and retail, generally speaking, and um, you know, uh, in, in the logistics space, I mean, one only needs to look across the water and see what's happening at the petrol pumps in, in the UK, for example, uh, because they can't get uh, the, the truck drivers to deliver. So I, I think um, as the sort of the supports start to get weaned away from businesses, um, you know, as that tide goes out, so to speak, I do think there will be. Uh, some businesses certainly uh, will, will start to feel the real effects uh, of, of the pandemic, the competitiveness around employment and and also um, Brexit impact as well. And, you know, uh, in, in terms of, of, of how that sort of plays out for them, you know, over the sort of the short to medium term, there, there will inevitably be some businesses as, as, as casualties as a result of that. Uh, there's just no other way of putting it. But that's just a factor of, of potentially the sector that they're in, uh, more so than others. And, and equally, on the other side, there are going to be SMEs that, that are, you know, they have performed uh, outstandingly well over the last sort of 12, 18 months despite COVID. They've re-innovated, they've changed their business models, they've looked at new opportunities and, and ways and means of, 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 of changing their business to get out there and grow it. And, you know, they're, 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 they're doing really well and, and don't need the supports, thankfully enough. So again, it, it is very much a case of a case by case when it, when you're looking at SMEs. Um, and as, as I said, whenever you go through a significant global impact, such as the pandemic, where things were shut down for so long, there's inevitably going to be casualties from that, irrespective of what supports were in place. Um, and, and unfortunately, that's just the reality for SMEs that are there at the minute. And, you know, as everyone realizes, you know, these supports can't go on forever. So there, there has to be a point here where the tide does go out and, you know, reality kicks in. Uh, and Karen, uh, you mentioned there the U.S. tax reforms and uh, another unknown there. But in view of the backdrop for the, the, the global minimum tax rate, what, what does that mean in terms of Ireland's need to be competitive? And what should we be doing as a country to try and address some of the competitiveness issues that we might have? Um. I think over the next couple of years, we'll have to look, you know, generally at both our, our business environment and our, our competitive offerings. I mean, you look at the, the reasons why multinationals would locate in Ireland. OK, tax was was one factor, but equally it's talent, it's education. I suppose positive seeing more funding going towards third level education in, in the budget. Um, it is housing. Um, it is income taxes um, and it is ease of doing business. I mean, you know, a, a lot of multinationals would cite the fact that we're English speaking, we're in the EU and that there is generally an ease of doing business. So probably something to be mindful of just in terms of things like our tax appeal system, which the Institute has, you know, advocated to be made more user friendly engagement with revenue, that that's made as, as easy as possible in terms of just purely filing returns 
or equally on, on making your way through revenue inquiries or a revenue audit um, to the extent that, you know, there's transfer pricing issues, that there's a working um, mutual agreement uh, process in place. All of those things are, are factors that make it easier to do business in, in the country. So they're all small things, but, but can make a measurable difference. I mean, a really good present example is the finance bill is going to contain details of our interest limitation rules, um, which are were required to implement as, as a result of the EU anti-tax avoidance directive. And they're going to come, become effective from the 1st of January next year. Our interest limitation rules at this point are just ridiculously complex. There's, I, I don't know, I haven't taken time to count them, but there's probably 50 pages of, of legislation around whether or not you can take a, an interest deduction and specific anti-avoidant measures to, I suppose, take out um, a deduction where it's not warranted. But layering these rules might potentially be putting another 10 pages of legislation on top of that, meaning it's it's almost impossible <laughs> to, to get to a reasonable position with any ease. So even taking the opportunity to take that 50 pages or so of legislation and, you know, making it work together or simplifying it would be a really good move in encouraging businesses to understand you know that Ireland is open for business and 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 we are serious about um attracting investment um and and you know simple things like that really give the right signal so I, I think are important and, and definitely worth considering in in the last uh, number of days uh, a number of leading economists and intellectuals wrote uh, to Le Monde and they were suggesting Ireland was one of the few winners out of the uh, OECD tax deal. Um, I think their preference is for maybe a 25% global tax rate. Austin, are we uh, naive to think we should be pleased enough with the 15% and that inevitably it's going to creep up as the years tick by? I think the devil will be in the detail, but I think in terms of the the, the at least let's call it half time in this particular match and we're probably actually only in the 10th minute of it you know given the way these tax matters tend to be complex and and take a long time but you know i think at half time we could probably say we've at least held our own i think the message in terms of a desire to be a competitive tax regime is strong and consistent uh, i do think then you need to back it up with measures in terms of you know the tax commission that shows you are open for business and tackle areas like uh, housing and those sort of domestic issues but so far definitely so good in in terms of the tax deal and uh, you you know, as I say, the critical element is to be aware that the global wind is blowing in a particular direction and that we have to be capable of sailing in those conditions, but, but firmly keep a view that, 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 you know, our destination is to be competitive and to be a home for multinationals, as, as well as, uh, you know, encouraging a, a buoyant domestic sector. So, so far, so good. Uh, and I do think that's that letter is probably an indication uh, of how well the, the government has played it thus far. So just to round up, uh... 18 months of incredible lockdowns, many businesses not trading, uh, 
big developments on the global tax front. Some years ago, we probably thought this would have been uh, a, some of these things might have been a death blow for our economy. But we are at a, a potentially a crossroads in our economic model. What's your uh, views for the future? And, you know, are you optimistic that we're going to continue to see this growth? Stephen, what, what do you think of that? Um, in terms of optimism, I think I would probably share share the view that, that certainly for the for the short term, there's an optimistic outlook, um, um, particularly for the SMEs. I think the underlying Irish economy is is strong at the moment. Um, I do still think there's an element of a, a COVID bounce still to be had for, for a period of time. There, there are certainly things that do need to be fixed, uh, generally speaking, you know, uh, around sort of the Irish economy and, and, and Ireland Inc. in general, particularly around housing and infrastructure. Uh, and that's across the board, for, you know, from, from, from a multinational perspective looking in uh, and also from a domestic point of view. It, as, as far as taxation goes, and I think, you know, both Karen and, and Austin alluded to it earlier, I think we've gone away certainly from sort of the big uh, budget day giveaways uh, of, of the past and I think what's what's really needed is a more longer term strategy where you know expectations are being set at, at an earlier and earlier stage there's no huge surprises and I think that does give good certainty for business uh, it allows them to operate in a, an environment with a reasonable degree of certainty there which is which is critical when you're you're, you're starting out and, and planning and you know one other point which I think was was certainly relevant from the from the current budget is out of 4.7 billion budget, uh, you know, 500 was allocated to taxation. So I do think that the, the taxation measures that are there potentially aren't going to be as significant a factor potentially in, in, in budgets going forward, uh, particularly in terms of, of giveaways. And I think, you know, the longer term impact of that probably needs to be, you know, um, understood. So uh, in, in, in short terms, I, I think, look, it's 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 certainly a positive outlook for the short term. Uh, I do think there will be hiccups for, for certain sectors, uh, particularly in the SME space, uh, as they kind of work their way out of the COVID environment. Certain sectors are going to still have to deal with the effects of Brexit that still have to be sort of managed out of, of the process. But but in general, I think Ireland um, and, and the SME sector in, in Ireland is in a healthy place. And Karen, what's your assessment of our, our, our outlook? I think there's there's reason to be optimistic. I think, you know, all of the data is trending in, in the right direction and it does look like we're we're going through a period of growth. But on the other hand, I, I do think that, you know, there there is a need to plan carefully and for bold choices to be made to to keep the momentum going and, and to make the right decisions and to invest in the right areas. And lastly, Austin, your thoughts? Oh well, I, I think things look Fairly positive at the moment. Think back 18 months or a little less than that. You know, people feared the apocalypse. The Irish economy had been flattened by the financial crisis. And there was a sense that this would be the one that really knocked us out completely. Instead, it's been resilient. We see that, you know, government policy works, tax policy so far works. But we have to to have a system now that enables businesses to reinvent themselves. The supports, even the employee wage scheme, will support businesses. They'll give them time to see 
Have I a future or do I need to reinvent myself as something different? And that's the sort of element that you in, you set up the, the playing field. You know, the reality is setting up the playing field will require doing things around housing and infrastructure, not trying to be really too cute in terms of tax measures, but something that sets up the playing field and has clear rules that I think we talked about in, in tax policy that are very important. And I, I think then, you know, we have a young, we have a growing population, we have a positive dynamic, and we have an enterprise spirit. So the critical thing is the budget doesn't mess that up. The pandemic hasn't messed that up. So fingers crossed, we, we, we've won the war. Let's not lose the, the peace. On that note, we leave it there. That's it for this episode of Tax Talk. Thank you very much for joining us.